So hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining the King's Crowd Startup Investing Podcast. Today, we are joined by a very special guest in Anita Breerton. Anita is the founder and CEO of an organization called Cabinet M. Cabinet M is a really interesting marketing technology platform that I will let Anita tell you more about, uh, but they are currently raising on WeFunder, so she's going through the experience of raising capital online, and you as investors have the opportunity to actually invest and own a piece of her company. So with that, I'd love to turn it over to Anita to learn more about yourself and uh, get this conversation started. So Anita, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Chris. It's great to be here. Wonderful to be here with you too. Uh, so the question that I always love to kind of start off with is, would you mind just giving us a little bit of background about yourself um, and what you're up to? Sure. So I had a long career in marketing, leading uh, marketing teams in the startup world from inception all the way up to IPO and on to acquisition. So I've lived, eaten and breathed marketing my entire career. And you know that has kind of naturally led me to uh, founding Cabinet M, which is a marketing technology management platform. So can I tell you what that means? I would love for you to tell what, yeah, what that because means. Because it sounds like string of words, marketing technology management platform. So the description is this. We make it easy for marketing and sales teams to manage their technology discovery, use, performance, spend, and strategy. So, okay, that sounds, you know, that's a long, another long sentence, but let me tell you why this is both critical and exciting. So it's really critical because the role of marketing has changed dramatically in the last 10 years. You know, when I first started in marketing, we were responsible for two things, brand development and leads and handing leads over to the sales force. Today, marketing is now responsible for the entire customer life cycle. They're measured on revenue. They're measured on customer lifetime value. They are the biggest component to cost of customer acquisition. And so they are critical to business success. If marketing fails, business fails. So that's like, you know, item one. And then we're at this nexus point where marketing is now very much driven by technology. You still need all of the creative, but everything that marketing does is enabled by technology. Every marketing email you get, every um, your podcast, um, every advertisement you see, every sponsored post that shows up in your social media, all of that is enabled by technology. So we're in this place where marketing is mission critical to meeting revenue objectives. It's become a hugely technical function. Companies are using 100 to 150 to 250 products at any one time, technology products to acquire and engage customers. And it's very difficult to manage all of this stuff. And in fact, it's so difficult that, you know, Gartner's reported that only 18% of brands have actually figured out how to do it. Hmm. So huge problem now in marketing. So what's exciting is that there's this great opportunity to help companies to leverage all of um, this exciting new technology and the pace of innovation in marketing tech is astronomical. When we started the company, there were a thousand products. That was kind of the common wisdom about how many technology products there were for marketers. We've actually cataloged 15,000. 
And just yesterday, uh, my co-founder Cheryl sent me a post from Scott Brinker, who if you're in the marketing industry, you know who he is, where he pointed out that 47 of the latest Y Combinator cohort are marketing technology products. So there is no end to this innovation. It's incredible. And you know, to help people understand who don't come from the marketing world, I can tell you, you know, on a very rudimentary level, I would say that that is a level I'm at in terms of marketing capability. But just within our own organization, I know, you know, we use HubSpot as our CRM, so how we manage our customers. We use Active Campaign for all of our email campaigns and marketing campaigns. We use, you know, Google Analytics and we use Facebook marketing for stuff. We use LinkedIn marketing for stuff. Um, you know, I think we, we might use Segment, which helps us understand what our customers look like. There are so many tools and I, I'm just scratching the surface of what we alone use. And I would say we're still at the early days of building out our marketing organization. So it does become incredibly unwieldy very, very fast. So this problem of consolidation and helping you understand everything that you're using um, can be really powerful. And I, I definitely understand the immense need for what it is that you're building. Um, so you're working with some really interesting companies. I know you, you mentioned a few of them on your, your WeFunder page. Um, can you tell us who is kind of your typical stakeholder that is purchasing this service? Um, and what are you hearing from them in terms of the pain point that you're answering and how you're making their life easier? Yeah, so our typical customer is a large brand. So somebody like Williams-Sonoma is a customer. Major League Baseball is a customer. We cross all industries. So we have technology customers like Acquia and LogMeIn, as well as those consumer brands and many more. Um, we sell to an organization called Marketing Operations, which is really interesting because they're a relatively new organization. You know, they kind of, they report to marketing, but sit between marketing and IT. And they are responsible for everything technology related and then some. And I have to put that and then some, because if there are any marketing ops people listening, they have this huge remit, but technology is at the center of it. So that's who we sell to. And, you know, I think that the single biggest issue for companies is that this is all kind of happened, this deployment of technology kind of just piecemeal around the organization. And so many companies haven't been tracking what's being used. And there's usually a tipping point. Either spending is out of control and then finance comes in and says, well, what are you spending this on? And marketing says, well, we don't really know. Not a good thing. Um, so there's that need to kind of centralize the view or other companies are concerned about data compliance and all the new privacy regulations and need to know what their vendors policies are around that. Um, and then the really the biggest one is performance, right? If you're not meeting your numbers and your marketing budget is looking very bloated, then somehow you have to rationalize that. And so you have to shrink the budget, improve the performance. And so those are all the reasons that companies come to us. Hmm. Fascinating. Um, obviously, it's a very technical world. Uh, you've built companies, you know, you've been a part of teams from the early, early days to IPO. So can you tell me about how your past experiences um, in, in the role of, you know, CMR or whatever it may have been, what that experience was like and how that kind of has informed your decision to found and create this company? Yeah, so, um, so I've always been part of startup teams my whole career. Um, 
And so I've always been the person that started without a brand awareness, without a budget and without people. So, um, so I know what it's like to be scrappy and creative and all of that. But over time, um, you know, the marketing profession is really involved. And the, the tipping point for me, there were two points. One was um, that I stepped into an interim CEO role for an e-commerce company. And I had the best digital marketing team. They were really exceptional. But, you know, as a marketer, you know, my affinity is in marketing and I was watching what they were doing and seeing how hard it was for them to find the technology they needed and then make it work and then figure out how to report on its performance. So that, that really stayed with me, you know, their experience. And then the second tipping point, the, okay, I am definitely going to do this was my co-founder and I, we did a lot of market validation around our idea. And as part of that conversation, you know, we talked to a lot of CMOs and I, I don't even know what the count was, but it was more than three or four said to us, you know what, I'm just going to retire because all of this technology is too new, too intimidating. And, you know, I can't be bothered. And, you know, we looked at each other and said, wait a minute, we've invested all these years in our career. There's no way we're going to end up irrelevant. And so it was like, I think of it like we held hands and jumped off the big cliff into the ocean of marketing technology. And, um, and that was really a part of a huge motivation for us. So cool saying, hey, we're still relevant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even though this world is getting crazy, that doesn't mean we should stop doing what we're doing. Exactly. Uh, I, I love it. That makes total sense. So you've been a part of startups, you know, throughout your career. I'm sure you've been on the venture back path before. Um, curious to hear a little bit about your decision recently to go and actually list your company on WeFunder and raise capital online. Yeah, so I'm really excited about what we're doing on WeFunder for a couple of reasons. One, because I think it's very good for us. Um, but Cheryl and I have also been on the other side of the table. We are big advocates for female entrepreneurs. We ran the Boston chapter of Golden Siege, which invests in women-led businesses. And so Golden Seeds exists because you know, it, it's an attempt to help mitigate the problem that women don't receive venture capital, don't, certainly don't receive anywhere close to their fair share. I think it's something like we receive 2% of venture. Yeah. Um, in my last company, I did raise venture and, um, and it was very time consuming. Um, it's soul destroying for anybody. And Chris, you're, you're doing it. So you know what it's like to, um, you know, raising money can be soul destroying. And, um, and I think, you know, it, it's doubly so for women. So I've done it before. I've done it successfully before. We have um, a venture capital company in our, um, in Cabinet M, Glasswing Ventures, who are amazing. Um, they specialize in companies that are leveraging AI technology, and I can't say enough good things about them. But, you know, when we looked at, you know, the time it was going to take us to knock on those exponential number of doors um, to try and raise money versus what we thought we could achieve with WeFunder, there was no, you know, there was no um, hard decision there. You know, we think this is an efficient way to raise capital. I think it is a, for the most part, I think it it appears to be um, gender 
and ethnicity blind, and people are just looking for, you know, good business opportunities. And so I'm so excited. You know, I, this is going to be, you know, something I, I sing from the hills to help other women that this is a very good path for women. And I think it's a very good path for our company. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, an opportunity to be able to invest early in a high growth business that's venture backed. So, you know, people talk about finding companies online that have that, you know, 10x, 100x type potential. Well, when a venture capital firm like Glasswing Ventures, who I know very well as well, is getting involved, it speaks to the fact that they see a huge opportunity here. Um, and they wouldn't be wrong, you know, kind of knowing the marketing tech space and seeing some of the multiples and the valuations that companies are getting. I mean, just at its most basic level, right? If we think about the Twilio's of the world, or we look at the segments that were acquired by the mm -hmm. Twilio's, I mean, they're getting multiple billion dollar valuations because every company needs these and the world is getting more and more complex. And to have something like cabinet M in your back pocket as an enterprise is going to be hugely valuable. Um, and thus, it'll be a really nice business for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And, you know, I think the other thing too, Chris, about, um, you know, raising capital this way through equity crowdfunding is it really is now mainstream and companies like yours, King's Crowd, you know, are really professionalizing, you know, around it. So I think, um, it, I think it's very exciting. Absolutely. And, and tell me about, you know, any kind of positive experiences, unique things that have happened since raising capital online, investors you've been connected to, whatever that may be. Oh yeah, so, well, first of all, that's the best, right? There's nothing better than positive affirmation when somebody sends you um, a note. But you know, one of the early um, investors in the crowdfunding campaign was somebody that we didn't know personally, but has been reading our newsletter for years. <laughs> and uh, was out of the country, it was in Singapore. And, you know, it just spoke to him. He, had a, he already had a good sense of, of us. And so it um, appeared in his email and, you know, he wrote us a very sizable check. And that was, that was such, such an exciting moment for yeah, us. Yeah, that's incredible. It's that you wanna talk about product market fit when you have someone that not only wants to purchase or use your product in one way or another, but to also give you money to own the company, it yeah. speaks, it speaks volumes, I think, personally. Yeah, it's, it's so great to see, um, you know, we love all investors, but those that are coming to us from the marketing that are sending notes saying, I have this problem is, that's just fantastic. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about um, use of funds, you're doing this round, where does this take you? Um, you know, yeah, where do you hope to be in the next couple of years with this round of funding? Yeah, so, so we're raising a million with this round and that um, we're gonna use that money to build the sales and marketing team. Um, we're a very, very small team now. So we need to build out um, the team in that area. And then the other piece of this will be to enhance our engineering capabilities by bringing in skills around machine learning and artificial intelligence. So um, if you think about what we're doing, right? So people are managing all of their technology on our platform. As they're doing that, we're collecting a lot of data about mm. what they're using and what combination, how it's performing. Um, 
we believe that we can apply machine learning and artificial intelligence to that, to deliver really meaningful insights to our customers that will help them kind of narrow that selection of 15,000 products down to 10 or 20 in each category. Um, you know, leveraging, you know, insights from people that are actually using those products. So um, I'm really excited to get started on that. Oh, that's super interesting. So essentially utilizing the data to then inform almost a new product line of offering and recommending what, uh, what marketing tools folks should be using. Yeah. So we'll be able to come to you and say, Chris, other companies like you yeah. in your industry, same size that are using the same three products you're using are also using these other three products. You might want to take a look at them. So let's talk a little bit about where you've come from. We now kind of know where you're headed, but in terms of where you came from, um, how much money have you raised to date and, and what have you been able to do with that? What does your team look like today? Yeah, so um, we've raised a total of 1.5 million to date. And, uh, and what I'll say is we've accomplished a lot with that. And though it sounds like a lot of money when you're building a big enterprise platform, um, it's not as much as you think. So where we've gotten on that 1.5 million, other companies have taken between 2.7 and 4 million to get there. So we're very proud of that. We're a small team. There are uh, two of us full-time. Uh, we have four part-time people and a wonderful um, development group overseas. And we've been able to build the platform, validate product market fit, validate our pricing, acquire big name customers. So we're right at that tipping point where we just need to pour gas on, on what we're doing and build out that sales and marketing function. No, that's incredible. I mean, as a startup founder, I know how quickly 1.5 million can go. Building technology, building great teams, bringing in good people, none of that uh, is cost supportable. And you're right, there are a lot of companies doing a lot less with a lot more. Um, yeah. So <laughs> in, in that's a good ways, line. I'm going to use that line. <laughs> In many ways today, I mean that, you know, it's almost like, like bootstrapping when, you, you know, you have a million dollars over a couple of years time. Um, yeah. It's not easy to be able to do everything that you want, but the fact that you've been able to go to market and be validated with large enterprises like William Sonoma to utilize your products with such a small team um, is very, very impressive. And I understand the logic about, you know, if we have real dollars, here's what we can actually do. Yes. Um, and then you pour that fuel on the fire with your revenue starting from it, right? So um, makes an incredible amount of sense. Um, so for folks who, you know, don't know about the marketing tech space, um, you know, are kind of new to startup investing, what do you want them to know as they consider making an investment in Cabinet M? Yeah, so, so I think the biggest thing to know, you don't really have to know a lot about marketing technology other than companies are using a ton of it and it's critical to the acquisition of customers, right? But not only are companies using a lot of marketing technology, but technology is being used throughout the organization, right? So if you are in any business function, you will know that your function department anywhere is using more technology today than you did 10 years ago. So it's happening across all of the organization. And you know, our goal is to actually become the infrastructure for the entire organization. So really you just need to understand that the amount of technology being used is growing. Technology complexity 
is increasing. You know, I mean, we keep hearing about artificial intelligence. Well, you know, that's starting to permeate in lots of different places within the organization. And so we're going to have a highly intelligent workforce, but a lot of the basic machinations and data crunching will be done through artificial intelligence. So you've got to be able to manage that. You know, I don't, you know, I'd love to scare people and say, oh, the robots are going to take over the world, but it's not quite like that. But you still have to know, you know, what that technology is doing. So um, it's a lot of technology. It's very complex. There's a need to manage it, need to create that kind of air traffic control for all the technology in the organization. We're starting in marketing because it has an, an impact on revenue. Um, there is a critical problem there today. And just marketing alone is a two plus billion dollar opportunity for us. Outstanding. So um, for those listening, what excites you about being a founder and waking up every day and running a company? Well, that's a really good question because, you know, we were chatting before I've just come off vacation and um, which was the first vacation I'd taken in two years. But so I had a week off and you know what? I was excited to get back to work today. So it was great to take that short mental break. But I think the thing with um, being a startup founder is uh, you have a great deal of control, a great deal of responsibility. If you can manage the stress, because there's a lot of it, um, there's lots of highs, lots of lows. If you can keep yourself on an even keel and focus on the problems in front of you, what you have to accomplish, there it's just a wonderful day-to-day -day experience. There's not a day I sit down at my desk that I'm not happy to be here. That's amazing. Even on the tough days. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And one other question I'll ask you for those founders who are listening. So many, many folks on our podcast are listening and to hear from other founders who are raising capital online. Uh, what's one piece of advice, you know, have, having been through this many times over now, uh, what's one piece of advice for founders getting started out? So, so what I tell the founders that I work with, so the, the hardest part about all of this is raising capital, right? And and figuring out that path. So there are so many resources to help you um, figure out your pitch and your pitch deck that it becomes very quickly overwhelming. So my big advice to any founder is do not take advice on your pitch deck from anybody that has not raised money or delivered money um, because you have lots of people that are weighing in. And you know, I've, I've worked with entrepreneurs where they're just besides themselves because the people are telling them to reorganize, reframe. You, first of all, you know your business better than anybody. It's great to have help on the, the pitch deck because that's, that's something foreign that we all have to learn, but make sure you choose your advisors very carefully. Absolutely, everyone has an opinion. There's a lot of them out there. Um, being thoughtful about who you listen to, definitely great yeah. advice, something I, I certainly appreciate. Um, well, you know, I think for folks listening, I would say um, one of the things that I look for personally as an investor is an experienced founder who's been there, done that, been through the grind and survived to, you know, see another day and be able to want to still start up again um, and build another company. And I, I think with what you've accomplished and been able to do, um, with not a whole lot is really, really impressive. So kudos to you and the team. 
Um, definitely a really interesting and exciting space to be in at this moment in time. Um, and I, I wish you nothing but the best. And for those who are interested, you can go to wefunder.com um, and find Cabinet M's offering uh, and you know, make your own decision to, uh, to invest. But Anita, thank you so much for the time today. It's been a real pleasure chatting with you. Same here, Chris. Thanks for having me. All right. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Take care. Now.